Hello and welcome to the Data Driven Ram, the top data focused Los Angeles Rams podcast, helping you to win your water cooler conversations. We'll start off the show today with my thoughts, the highlight data, the point of the week. We'll talk with the Cuz about the game against the Saints. We'll check in on a new resident in hell, and we'll finish by getting you ready for the Patriots game with Jonathan. Gear up, get ready for the next 20 minutes or so. I'll get you caught up on your Los Angeles Rams. talked about playing seven and nine bullshit in hard knocks, I didn't realize it was going to be an optimistic statement for this season because we're going to need some of that bullshit to get us to seven wins. Three out of our five final games are with division leaders. The first of those is against Super Bowl favorite New England Patriots. We'll look at how we can still make a winning record in the highlight data point of the week. when we win the turnover battle. Conversely, we're 0-6 when we lose the turnover battle and split when we tie. Clearly, to have a chance this week against the Patriots, we need to win the turnover battle for this week and the rest of the season. To go further in the Rams winning the turnover battle and the general state of the Rams, we'll talk with the Cuz. to take a look at the state of the Rams is Cuz. Cuz, thanks for joining us. How you doing, dear? You know, I've been better, uh, especially after last, last week's game. Holy shit, what went wrong there? I mean, that was a huge ass-kicking. Yeah, I mean, admitted by many players, William Hayes specifically, that they got their ass-kicked last week. And uh, that's something that they don't ever want to feel again. I think it starts with the defense. I think production out of golf was... A very key point to take out of this game and to learn from and be grateful for. But, yeah, man, when it, when it rains, it pours. That's true. Okay, well, speaking of golf and the offense, it was kind of like following up on last week's theme of a tale of two halves. Offensively, we had 174 yards, three touchdowns in the first half, 73 yards, no touchdowns the second can you talk a little bit about what went right in the first half and maybe a little bit about what went wrong in the second? I guess uh, taking a step back from the game itself, looking at it, Goff came out, he was firing three touchdowns, that momentum was building. And you don't have what you have during the second half when things start to crumble and quicksand and all build together. So towards the end of the second half, you're playing really bad because you're acknowledging the fact that you're playing really bad. It's like the first half of the game is like, okay, nothing's going wrong. We've been preparing for this. And as soon as you get hit in the mouth, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. <laughs> no more TDs, turnovers. Yeah, it's uh, that's the way I look at it. Okay, well, with Jared, 214 yards, three touchdowns, 63% completion percentage. But the, uh, one of the most interesting stats for me, a 91 rating when under pressure. What did you like most about the performance from the Rams rookie? Hanging in the pocket, swinging the downfield. That's good, obviously. He's doing very well, and it's something to build off of. But 
injuries on the O-line. I don't know. I think it's just a big cluster at the moment. Kind of distractions going on on the team. So Goff did well. I think offense did well. But we did have a turnover, and we had no production in the second half. Fisher and Goff talk about how consistency is one of the dominating values that they carry. So I think they just have to put that into, put that into play and stay consistent because especially in those close, gritty games, if you just let yourself get blown out on a second half, that's kind of that doesn't go in line with your values of being consistent. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, Branch's game had all the hallmarks of a shootout. But do you think abandoning the run left the young quarterback too exposed? What it did was leave more opportunities for him to be exposed. And when that happens, you become exposed more often and rushed. And the O-line led a couple sacks through this week. And so when you're putting that type of responsibility in someone more often than him just handing it off, the more likelihood that he's going to be hit or sacked or rushed or whatever the case. So Rams running game, I could only imagine what's going on inside the head of Todd Gurley. Yeah, okay. Well, on to the defensive side. And I guess to say a positive note in comparison to the inconsistencies we've had from half to half, they were at least consistent in giving up points. Uh, <laughs> what happened to the defense against the Saints? Greg Williams came from the Saints, so obviously within the team of the Saints and the people calling the plays and strategists, they obviously know ways or loopholes or expose the Rams' defense. I think that concocted with a little bit of uh, quicksand. And when I say quicksand, I'm saying when one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong. It's almost like reverse momentum in the wrong direction. So, I don't know. I think the Saints had a great day. The Rams absolutely had the polar opposite of a good day on defense. Okay. Well, to talk about those great Saints performances, Drew Brees, 360 yards, five touchdowns. Do you just chalk that up to Drew being one of the greats, or is this possibly a, a hangover from the game against the Dolphins? Drew Brees is that's to be expected. If you're putting someone that caliber against a mediocre play out of, even if you want to argue, yes, they are a great defense, but on that day they weren't. You know, he's had his struggles, but Drew Brees is going to be looked back on one of the phenomenal quarterbacks of our time. You put that up against a defense that's kind of struggling, yeah, you're going to see numbers like that. Yeah, not to be outdone, the Saints run game had 209 yards on the ground themselves. What happened to the defensive front this game? I think I spoke of it last week, how they have to play, or even against the Bills, against the run game. Just playing sound defense, gap sound defense, keeping your leverage points, not allowing, I mean, massive holes for the running back to run through, just playing sound defense. I think that's what got away from the Rams, and the Saints obviously capitalized on that. Okay. Well, with the loss to the Saints, the Rams are 1-3 versus the weakest quadrant of their schedule. What caused the team to come up short in these last four games? My personal view is if they kind of look at these games as games that are very winnable, they their first quarter, they went 3-1. and one. And then we're talking about this quarter now, how they're supposed to win, but they ended up going 1-3. and three. I feel like the Rams play to how the other team is playing. If they're playing a hard opponent, they're going to play up to their level. But if they play an opponent where they think that they're going to win, and I'm not saying that collectively they're all like, oh, yeah, these guys aren't big deals. But I foresee, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think this week against the Patriots, 
we're going to see the Rams' brilliance, and hopefully with such a crappy week last week that they're going to put it together this week and go take it to the Patriots. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of the Patriots game, what do you what do you think? What are your predictions for this game? It's either going to be another last week, or we're going to have one of the greatest games. Or I I foresee a lot of competition from the Rams. Like at this point, the same way that Fisher said he's not thinking about he's going to lose losing his job, but some of the players on the Rams they're still either going to be looking for jobs, fighting for jobs, and you're going to see a lot of people competing this week. Win or lose, they did the best that they could do, so I foresee a lot of competition. But on the other hand of that optimism, you could have a blowout and some serious trouble going into the next week if you're the Rams and you take another loss. Yeah, that's very true, and hopefully that doesn't come. Okay, well, excellently done. Thank you very much, Cuts. Absolutely. You're welcome. steps of hell, the devil is talking to a newcomer. Hello, Fidel. How are you settling in? I have to ask you, why am I here? I help fart apartheid. I give my people and millions abroad health care and education. I fought against abuses all over the world. Oh, do you think you go to hell based on good deeds versus bad? Well, that's not exactly how it works. What we do is we find the general sentiment from the American media. Meet the Press, New York Times, so forth. And that determines whether you go to heaven or hell. By the way, you should really get to know your rockmate, Eddie Bernays. He's on the Judgment Committee. Okay, well, I'll let you get settled in and play this on loop for the rest of eternity. Hey, didn't I see you with this girl a little while ago? She... Used to own the Rams or something, Georgia Frontieri? Don't mention that, bitch. She gave me herpes. To apply for a card, look for this display wherever the card is welcomed. Somewhat. When you're a kid in New England, you got to have the right gear in the wintertime. 
right? Similar to anywhere else. We wouldn't know anything about that in Los Angeles, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so let me try and illustrate it for you. You had to have the right jacket in the winter. And uh, that jacket, when I was a kid, this is like 93, 94, was the pullover starter jacket. And this thing was probably maybe of uh, like Gore-Tex and asbestos, right? Who, who, who knows? But, but you had to have the right jacket to be a cool kid. Uh, in junior high, and my parents were kind enough to get me the New England Patriots pullover starter jacket, and that that was essentially tattooed on me. That's the pass for my team. So, <laughs> stylish. Okay. Yeah. Well, bringing it to present day, the Patriots are the top six in the league in both offense and defense. We know they're a great team. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're considered the favorite for the Super Bowl this year. So, why the hell should a Rams fan even watch this weekend? And basically, in other words, how could the Rams actually win this game? Well, who the hell knows how the Rams are going to actually win this game? That, uh, that I don't think I can answer for you. But I'll tell you, <laughs> as a fan, you all get to win by just seeing uh, what your team can do against the best, right? So, you know, I, you got to look at the Rams. You cut them some slack. They're basically an expansion team right now. And, uh, sorry, no offense. What better, what better way to watch your team uh, or to see what your team can do than to, to watch them go up against number one, right? It's your classic uh, David and Goliath story. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you all too, D. The Pats are banged up. Brady, Brady wasn't at practice. I don't think Gronk was at practice. I think Edelman sat out today. So, you know, I wouldn't count out uh, count out the uh, Rams D to put Tom on his back early in the game and potentially make it competitive. Okay. Well, yeah, to answer your question, how bad could it be? Apparently you didn't watch the Rams game last week. Well, okay, looking at the offense, we know, of course, the future Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, having a career gear on a per-game basis. Is there more to this offense that the Rams fans should know about? Well, you know, I think the key to the Pats offense and the real strength is uh, is their next man up mentality. Right? I mean, you know, the, their, the early season without Tom going 3-1 and one was a feat on its own. And since Tom got his, uh, you know, his 200th win, every reporter who can get, get a question out to him asked him, well, how do you feel about, uh, about this personal achievement, about this record? And every single time, Tom answers the same way, that it's a team sport. He doesn't pay attention to individual records, and he couldn't have done this on his own. And uh, I'll tell you, I think that's what makes this offense so dangerous, is that it's truly a belief and in the culture that uh, it's the next man up and you do your job, right? So when one guy goes down, the next guy's going up. And uh, all that said, let's not forget, you know, LG's running hard. We got Deion Lewis uh, back in action. Hogan, Amendola, Edelman, the three-headed, you know, triple threat slot receiver. These guys get banged up more than anybody I see and, and bounce back up every time. And you got Gronk and Marty Bennett at the tight end spot. So, you know, the talent combined with the mentality, the coaching, and the discipline, I think that's what uh, that's what brings the Pats uh, to be number one. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of the tight end position in Gronk, you know, it seems like he's been in and out of the lineup this week. Do you expect him to play? I don't. I, I don't think you'll see much of him. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if he even dresses on Sunday. You know, the guy's one of the most physical tight ends in the game, and uh, he's, he's clearly a tremendous talent. But, you know, he's certainly not my favorite Patriot. And uh, to answer a question you didn't ask, right, more than anybody else, I don't think he 
is bringing forth that uh, that patriot way, that mentality that uh, that I just described. Hmm. Okay. Well, taking it now to the defensive side, what makes you guys so effective uh, despite not having many big-name players that I can think of? Yeah, you know, I think you kind of answered your own question right there, that, uh, again, the, the defense uh, isn't based off of big-name players. It's based off of team, the team mentality. Egos are kept in check, and that's what makes those guys so effective. You know, and I think the best example of that is one of my favorite paths, uh, Malcolm Butler. You know, stepping in front of Russell Wilson's pass to seal the deal to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, he, the way he was able to do that, he knew that play was coming. Because he spent the time in the film room doing his research, having seen them run that play earlier in the season. The guy had a real strong football IQ. And, uh, you know, I think you can say the same for, for the rest of the guys on the defense. And, you know, there's no one player out there that's, that's the linchpin player. Right, so you know, you look at when the Pats let Will Fork go, or you know, most recently Jamie Collins. There's no one guy that the defense depends on. You know, they're 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 a true unit, and they work together to win big. Wow, very well done. Well, okay. Uh, what about our old friend on the defensive line, uh, Chris Long? Somebody that Rams fans will know pretty well. How's he fitting into the team? You know, from what I see, he's, he's fitting in great, except for that head sleeve he wore on Sunday. Tell me, what, what was that? <laughs> it looks like a fucking condom, man. Well, I can't speak for his fashion sense, but he's a hell of a player. Okay. I'll agree with, I'll so, agree with you there. I got to know, who is your most hated player, either on your team or elsewhere in the league? I mean, you got to go with Brady on both counts, right? I mean, everyone, they hate <laughs> us because they ain't us, right? Okay. So, uh, any shout-outs, anything you'd like to say to uh, Patriots Nation or Rams Nation out there? You know, what I would say to Patriots Nation is stay humble and act like you've been there before. There's nothing worse than the Patriots fans, you know, who gloat and uh, are loud and obnoxious, although that's pretty much within a New Englander's DNA. And uh, I, got, <laughs> I got a lot of respect for the Rams. You know, I enjoy watching them, and uh, I hope they give us a good show on Sunday. Good deal. Okay. So I gotta ask you, what's your prediction for this week? Well, you know, I, last I checked, I think we're looking at a like a 13 and a half spread. I'm sure the Pats will cover. I'm hoping for a good game. You know, I, I think if uh, the Rams D comes out early, rattles Tom, his knees already hurting, and maybe we'll see a little bit closer game than a lot of people are expecting. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going with 35-7 uh, Pats all the way. Yikes. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, brother. Well, that was Jonathan doing an excellent job, and we hope to hear from him soon. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Cuz, for breaking down the Saints game for us. And thank you, Jonathan, for getting us ready for the Pats. Join us next week for the game against the Falcons. If you have any questions in the interim, you can contact me at datadrivenram at gmail.com, all one word. Uh-huh.